You're listening to Real Faith Radio, presented by Praise Chapel, Las Vegas. This is where real faith meets real change. Be sure to listen to us through Apple Podcasts, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, and Spotify. Follow us on your favorite service to get instant notifications when new episodes are available to download or stream. You can also check us out on social media at PC Las Vegas and visit our website, PraiseChapelLasVegas.com to find out more about what PCLV is all about. With that being said, listen up, because here comes the word. Hallelujah. Uh, before I minister the word of God, amen, I, I do want to take time, uh, as you guys uh, uh, just uh, took time to appreciate my, my wife and I just for uh, what we're doing. We want to appreciate and honor somebody uh, here in our church, amen, that is, uh, uh, has uh, took time, amen, to, to study a, a subject, amen. He, he graduated last weekend. Uh, I don't know if you've seen that. And I'm talking about Brother Fino. Uh, he graduated with uh, his associate degrees, amen, in, in psychology. And so he was, he was in Phoenix, and so we couldn't, uh, we couldn't go out there and to, uh, to be part of that, amen, uh, uh, out there. And we, though we wanted to be there, and we've, we've seen the video on him. And so uh, the Lord put it on his heart to, uh, to take uh, this, this class of psychology, amen, and, and has passed that. And has graduated. Amen. Hallelujah. So we have a graduate here. Amen. And so, uh, and, and, and though all of us have certain honors, amen, that, that you guys have done in school, but I just want to take time out because he, it's part of our leadership and God placed him in his heart. And so, uh, and so we, I want to take time to honor him for that. It was an accomplishment for him, for, for someone to go to school, do what they need to do, the sacrifices that they need to do in their family to make this happen. Uh, and the time and energy of doing all this stuff on him, amen. So we want to say thank you to Brother Fino for, for sticking it out and, and graduating. We do have a cake that we have for him that we're going to have after service, amen. So if you want to, before you leave, want a piece of cake, amen, go over there and uh, sugar-free. <laughs> Praise the Lord, amen. Sugar-free, amen, because, <laughs> but, uh, but take time to just, Take time to thank, uh, congratulate him on, on, on this accomplishment. It's a great accomplishment. But what I want to do is pray for him. And I want to pray for, you know, we can get all this wisdom for God. And he wants to learn this. And let me know that we, we need some help in our churches. People that deal with depression. People that are going through some mind battles. And so we want to use the knowledge that he got to turn it into spiritual. And, and use it for the spiritual building the body of Christ. And so this is what was in his heart. And so we're, we're planning or we're praying for something for the year to come that will start to open up something like that, that we can start to help the church. And so, uh, and so I want you guys to stretch your hands out. And if I can bring my leadership back up here, amen. And we want to pray for Brother Fino through what he learned, that it does not go to, to, to the wayside. You know, how many know that we can go to school and we can, we can uh, do certain things, and all of a sudden we don't fulfill that. And so we, what we want to do is that, that it get fulfilled in him. That God will start to stir something inside him and give him direction for this, for the church and for the body of Christ. To help those that are going through some psychological things. But, but use the word of God and use the knowledge that he got to, to help people, amen, and to, to bring a greater understanding. So can we just pray right now for God to just open some doors and use what he's going to use for him, amen. Father.
In Jesus' name. And everyone says, amen. Come on, give the Lord one more praise, amen. Congratulations, amen. We honor you. So uh, just stop by, grab a piece of cake, amen, and tell Brother Fino, good job, amen. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Good job. Tell him, good job. <laughs> praise the Lord. Now he's going to use that psychology on the kids right now, amen. <laughs> praise the Lord. I do want to I do want to minister on a subject that a lot of churches don't want to preach on, and it's on the subject of hell, amen. And I, I'm here to tell you that hell is very real, and we're all destined for it. But Jesus came to save us from our sins, and from this place called hell. The Bible says in Romans chapter 10, verses 9 through 10, in the King James version, it says this. That if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the heart one believes unto righteousness, and with the mouth confession is made unto salvation. It says that you will be saved. Saved from a place called hell. Now hell is very real. And we as Christians and we as disciples must warn others about this place called hell. In Ezekiel chapter 33, 7 through 9, and I'm not going to read that. But as you read that passage of scripture, Jesus has made you and I, say me, a watchman. And it says that when you hear something that is being spoken over the pulpit or when God speaks uh, to you through his word, to go warn the wicked and to warn those in, in, in the world. So if the wicked die in their sins, listen, and you do not warn them, God says, I will hold you personally accountable. That's what the word of God, do you read Ezekiel? That, that's what it says. But if you warn them and they refuse the message and they die in their sin, then you will save yourself. In other words, if God puts it in your heart to go tell somebody about Jesus, tell somebody about the, the, the gospel, tell somebody about the, the heaven and hell, tell somebody about what Christ done for them, and, and that person dies in their sin, then God holds you accountable. You got to understand today, church, that Christianity is about souls. Can somebody say amen? It's about souls, amen. And see, a lot of preachers don't want to preach on this subject. They don't want to preach this kind of message because they don't want to offend anyone. But we as preachers and we as disciples have an obligation to warn people about a place called hell. Listen, if preachers and more disciples would minister or tell people about hell, there will be a lot less hell in our streets today. Come on, somebody say amen. Come on. You see, church, is all about heaven or hell. And so this morning, I want to minister a message entitled, Hell, It's Real. Hell, It's Real. I want you to turn to the book of Luke, chapter 16. I want to read a story there. It's going to go from verse 19 through verse 31. So I'm going to read a lot of passages of Scripture here to help us to understand this subject of hell. I, I don't know if you know, but do you, do you know that there are some Christians that believe there is no hell? 
I'm telling you, there's churches out there that don't believe there's a hell, and they're Christians. And they're not talking about this, they're not preaching about it because it says it does not exist. You know, and I don't know what has happened to the church world today, and it does say in the Bible that in the days where we're living today that they're going to turn a truth to a lie and a lie into a truth. And there's a lot of things that are going on in the church world today that we as Christians need to understand And that is why it's so important that you and I read the Word of God, that you and I get into the Word of God. Don't don't, don't base it on on just coming to church. It's not just, what I'm saying really, it's not even safe to go to church and and believe the preacher sometimes behind the pulpit. You're going to have to line it up to the Word of God. You're going to have to line it up to certain things. And so we have to understand the day and the times that we're living today. The enemy is working really hard, amen, and you see evil arising, What, what took place in Philadelphia, amen, and what took place in this synagogue and what's taking place throughout the world, amen. Uh, uh, the enemy is running rapid right now, and so we have to understand this day uh, that the enemy is working hard to kill, steal, and to destroy. Why? Because he is destined for hell. He is destined for hell. He will be bound into a pit of hell, amen, when all this is said and done, and he's trying to take as many people with them to this place. So I want you to turn to the book of Luke, as I I said, verse 16, and read along with me verses 19 through 31. And I'm reading out the New Century Version. So the Word of God says this, Jesus said there was a rich man who was always dressed in the finest clothes and lived in luxury every day. And a very poor man named Lazarus, whose body was covered with sores and laid at the rich man's gate. He wanted to only eat small pieces of food that fell from the rich man's table, and dogs would come and lick his sores. Later, Lazarus died, and the angel carried him to the arms of Abraham. The rich man died too and was buried. In a place of death, he was in much pain. The rich man saw Abraham from far away with Lazarus on his side, and he called, Father Abraham, have mercy on me. Send Lazarus to dip his finger in water and cool my tongue because I'm suffering in this fire. But Abraham said, child, remember when you were alive, you had the good things in life. But the bad things happened to Lazarus. Now he is comforted here and you are in suffering. Besides, there is a big pit between you and us and no one can cross over to you and no one can leave there to come here. And the rich man says, father... Please send Lazarus to my father's house. I have five brothers, and Lazarus can warn them so they don't have to come to this place of pain. But Abraham said, they have the law of Moses and the writings of the prophet. Let them hear from them. Then the rich man says, no, Father Abraham, if someone goes from them from the dead, they will believe and change their hearts and lives. But Abraham said to them, if they will not listen to, the, to Moses and the prophets, they will not listen to someone who comes back from the dead. Jesus spoke as much on the subject of hell as he did in heaven. Come on. And I believe that if he spoke twice as much on hell than heaven, then we need to speak about it a little bit more. Can somebody say amen? Why? Because it's our responsibility. As disciples, as followers, as people that call themselves Christians 
to warn others about this place called hell. See, what happens to the church today that does not preach about hell? One thing, amen, it brings a void. It brings a lack of, of not reaching the lost. Come on, if, 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 if hell is not in the purpose of what we reach out for people and tell them, not only on the gospel, uh, but from where they're destined to, uh, if we're not going out there, then it's a lack of concern in the church today. It won't be a concern. They won't hit the streets. They won't go out and share their testimony. Can I let you in on a little something? That's what the devil wants. He wants you to shut your mouth. He wants you to don't bother anybody. He doesn't want you to freak anyone out. He doesn't want you to, to do anything like that. And so he wants you not to say nothing. See, church, you've got to understand, we're not here to take other people from other churches. Come on, we're not here to evangelize the Christian, amen, who's already saved. Come on, we are here to reach those that don't know Jesus, amen. We are here to reach the lost and those that are backslidden in their sin, amen. It is our job, say my job, come on, come on, somebody say my job. It is our job to go into the world and preach the gospel. A quote from Keith Green said this, this generation of believers is responsible for this generation of sinners. This generation of believers, do we have any believers in the house? Come on. This generation, you as a believer is responsible for the generation of sinners today. The big question is, do you care? Do you care? Do you care enough that your loved ones are not making it into heaven? You know what? I have a cousin right now who was in a coma, who grew up in church. But in the last days, from what I've heard, and I have not talked to her for, for some time, amen, uh, uh, well, as a family, amen, I don't know if she's saved or, or not saved. What I've heard is, you know, she, she, she does her own thing, amen, and so she's gone through depression, amen, when my, my uncle passed away and, and she's gone to drinking and, and she's been sick for a while, but she's in a coma right now. And my concern, my number one concern was not, God, don't heal her, God, is she saved? God, have mercy upon her because I don't want my cousin to go to hell. God, can you, can you speak to her in her sleep? Can, can she, does she have enough conscience in her mind? You know how people said that even though they're not responding, they can still hear? God, is she hearing? Can she speak in her mind and call out to you and say, God, have mercy on me? And so I've been praying for mercy upon her. God, have mercy. Wake her up, amen. Let her, let her give her life to, to you, Lord. Don't, don't take her like that. My, my, my concern is for that. And the thing is, do we care, church? Do we care if our loved ones make it into heaven, man? Do you care if your co-workers, amen, who you spend eight hours with, eight hours with, amen, make it in? Do you care about this community if it makes it in? Do you care about those? If you go to school, do you care about your schoolmates? If they make it in, church, do you care? Do we share the gospel with them? Do you share your testimony to them, amen? Do they even know if you're saved or a Christian? See, the message only counts. It only matters if you care. You know, you guys appreciated me. A little 
it was kind of a cool thing. I didn't know what my son was doing, amen. I said, well, this, that's not part of offering, amen, <laughs> hallelujah. But I guess it is. But I started looking at them, and, and so the thing is, you know, my thing is I, I'm here, and I'm, 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 my wife and I have dedicated our lives to do this because we care. I, I, I don't want Las Vegas to go to hell. I don't want co-workers to go to hell. I don't want anyone to go to hell, amen. And the thing is we got to have enough Enough within us, do we care? Have you stopped talking to somebody? Have you stopped preaching the gospel, amen? Or have you just stopped saying, you know what, uh, no, I'm not going to tell nobody. I'm in. See, it's all about the Great Commission. Do you remember to go in all the world and what? Make disciples. I'll talk about disciple making. We talked a little bit, ministered on a couple messages about disciples. And we need to go back to that. That we need to go back to the streets. We need to go back into to discipling one another here. We need to build each other up, amen, because let me tell you, the time is going to get rougher. The time is going to get tougher, amen. It's not going to get any easier, church. Uh, it, we got to understand the enemy is working hard. He's working inside the church. He's pulling people out of the church. Do we care enough to spend some time and disciple one another? And build the body of Christ, amen, and build those that are walking into the, to the church today. To help them overcome their struggles through the word of God, amen. And building each other up. This is what the church is meant for, is to make disciples, amen. It's all about the great commission. Mark chapter 16, verse 15 and 16, New Living Translation says this. And he told them, and he's telling you, go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone. Anyone who believes and is baptized will be saved. But anyone who refuses to believe will be condemned. Condemned where? In hell. I'm here to let you know, hell, it's real. It's not gone away. This, this does exist. It's heaven or it's hell, church. That is our destiny. But the Great Commission uh, in the church today has been put aside. It's no longer a priority in a lot of churches today. They're more focused on entertainment than rather than salvation. They're in a, their focus is on numbers rather than people. And so we get wild of what God can do for us instead of what God can do through us. We are living in desperate times, church, but the body of Christ and the church is not. What we heard in the news, amen, should concern you. That someone went into a synagogue and shot people. Meaning that someone can walk through these very doors here and start going off on all of us. Does that concern you? Come on now, that we have to be a people that are prayed up. Come on, we need to be a people that, are, that really are in focus. I mean, there was one that happened to a Baptist church, right, in Kentucky that went and, and shot up a prayer, a prayer class. And so we, 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 we can't, we, we can't, we got to understand that it's desperate that the body of Christ, amen, we start to pray and we start to reach out for those out there. Maybe if someone took the time to reach for these individuals that caused the evil, Maybe we could have stopped this. 
Maybe he worked at some place, amen, and you've seen the struggle, and God gives us, amen, the ability and discernment when someone is a little wacky, amen, that he says, you know, go, go share the gospel to them. Go, go tell that, that one that's sitting by himself and everyone picks on, why don't you be the friend and see what his story is all about. Maybe if we took time out from our lives and focus on the ones that no one else is focusing on because we're Christians and we're supposed to be doing that and reach out for that one. That's why kids get bullied. Come on, where's the, where's the ones rising up and say, don't, don't, don't touch him? that can help this young man that sometimes now gets overwhelmed and turns around and takes it off, takes, off on, on, takes, takes it on people. See, God has put us, say me, God has put us to help others. Come on, we're not, we're not going out and preaching to other Christians. Why are we reaching out to another church? He's going over there and we're preaching the gospel to a person that's going already to church. Well, you got to come to our church. You know, no, we're not here to save the ones that are already saved or, or transfer them from church to church. No, we're here to reach the lost, guys. We're here to reach those that are bound. We're here to reach the backslider. We're here to reach those people. And those person, that person that's sitting in the corner that no one talks to. Who's reaching out for that person? Or do we just pass them by? Those are the things that we as Christians have to understand. We've got to reach out. Maybe if someone reached out to them, maybe this would not have happened. But the question really goes, do you care? See, there's people in the Bible that actually believed in hell. There are a few that... Of course, we know that Jesus believed in hell because he preached about it twice as much as he did about heaven. In Mark chapter 9, verse 43 to 44, he says this, If your hand causes you to sin, cut it off. It is better for you to lose part of your body and live forever than have two hands and go to where? Hell. Where the fire never goes out. In hell, worms do not die, and the fire is never put out. Paul, who wrote two-thirds of the New Testament, God gave him this great revelation, and he himself believed in hell and said these words. In 2 Thessalonians 1.8, New King James, it says this, In flaming fire, taking vengeance on those who do not know God and on those who do not obey the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ. See, Paul here is talking about two different groups here. Paul is talking about those that don't know God or, or made no point to know him. And to those that know him but disobeyed. He's talking about those that know the gospel and don't obey the gospel. He's talking about those that go to church, amen. They come to church and they still live a life of disobedience and then use grace as a cover-up. Come on. The Bible says, you know, that one day there's going to, it says the passage of Scripture, you know what, that, that, that you know, they're going to come to God and say, didn't I do this? Didn't I do that? Didn't I go to church? Didn't I cast out demons? Didn't I give tithes? Didn't I hold a Bible study? Didn't I do all this stuff? And he's going to say, away from me for I never knew you. These are people in church because there was not a relationship or they were living in a life of disobedience and used this as a cover-up. 
God separated them. We know what happened to King Saul. Saul was a man of God. Saul was chosen. Saul was called by God. But because of his disobedience, the kingdom was taken away from him. These are people, there are, there are people today that, you know, I can, as long as I come and I tithe, as long as I come to church, maybe even volunteer, amen, that it buys them a ticket into heaven. But they still live a life of disobedience. That's what Paul's talking about here, of those that, 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 that believe in it or know the gospel, but they don't obey it. Look at the following verse, in verse 9. Of 1 Thessalonians. It says, they will be punished with everlasting destruction, and they will be shut out from the presence of the Lord and from the glory of his might. Now, John believed in hell. John, who was most, mostly wrote about love, one that was the closest to Jesus, he writes this in Revelations chapter 14, verse 10. John speaking here, of those who receive the mark of the beast or follow the ways of the world. They too will drink the wine of God's fury, which has been poured full strength into the, of the cup of his wrath. And they will be tormented with burning sulfur in the presence of the holy angels and the Lamb of God. In Revelations 20, verse 15, King James, it says this, amen, anyone who is not found in the book of life will be cast into the lake of fire or into hell. I'm here to let you know, guys, hell, it's real. Come on, those that obey God, make it to heaven. Those that disobey God are destined for hell. It, 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 it's the truth, church. There's no middle ground. There's no, you know, maybe. You, you got to know. You got to know. That's why the Bible says to work out your, your salvation in what? In fear and trembling. Don't, don't think you got it all in, man. Man, I, I'm getting right every day, man. I'm praying, God, help me today. God, I crucify this flesh today. God, I, I crucified these things that are within me today, God. I, I don't want to blow it. I, I wake up this morning. Today, I look out through the window. Today, is this the day that you're going to come, Lord? Today, are you going to blow the trumpet? God, am I right in your sight, God? I got to repent every day. Say, God, I, I want to make sure that I'm sure that, you know what, I'm living all right, God. I, God, I, I, I want to get in your presence. God, I crucify this flesh. God, I, I want you. I don't want the world. There has to be a daily decision, church, uh, because this is a place that we're destined to. Uh, come on, uh, my cousin, amen, uh, who was going all right, goes into to the hospital and then goes straight into a coma. Was she in? Is she in? That concerns me. Not, it has to concern myself, you know, not just because I'm a preacher up here, amen, and, and I'm preaching the word of God. I, I have a church. No, am I living right? Because, God, I don't want to be the one that says, away from me. I never knew you. No, God, I, I want you to know me, God. I, I want to do what's right before you, God, because I don't want to go here. I, I want to be in your presence. We can get caught up and be religious. We can get caught up and think we're this and we're thinking we're that. No, are we doing what you're telling us to do? That's why I've been ministering on discipleship. You know, come on, we have a job and we have a responsibility to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Are we doing that as Christians or are you just coming and saying, I got my ticket? 
Are you looking and taking inventory within your life? Am I living right? Because we forget about this place. We think heaven, we think heaven, we're getting in, I'm saved, I'm saved. And it's good to know that you're saved. You should know that you're saved. But at the same time, am I staying away from this place? Am I living right? You know if you're, what you're doing, church. All of us know if we're doing things wrong. Come on. The conviction alone tells you, man, you know that's not right. And we know, we know. Come, come on, don't look at me like that. We know there's some things we've got to change. God, I, I, I can't blame. I'm not going to use an excuse. Let me tell you, excuses are not going to be good in front of the kingdom of God. On judgment day, you can't say, well, you know it was hard. You know that. You know, I, I tried, I tried. Well, you didn't try hard enough. Come on, you, you can't compromise with God. You can't talk him out, amen. If your, your name is not in the book, guess what? It's not going to come there magically when you're up there. Oh, I made a mistake. I overlooked it. There it is. There it is. It's done. When we leave this earth, it's done, church. To be absent in the body is to be present in the Lord. The next time you open your eyes, when you pass away, you'll be standing before God. And you're going to have to take account of what you did with your life. Me as a pastor, I have to take account for what I preach over here to you guys. I'm accountable. And at the same time, i got to live what I'm preaching. Otherwise, I'm destined to that place. Come on, somebody. I've been pastoring for over 17 years now. And I've come to realize that people get mad by me just reading the Bible. Hello. Come on. I, I, can preach the God, I can preach the gospel. I can preach out of the word of God. Amen. And it can, it, can, it can get you mad. It can offend you. But that's the truth, church. I'd rather have, uh, tell you the truth than to comfort you with a lie. We have pastors today that, that they, they feel it's right to water down the gospel a bit. Come on, don't, don't preach on hell. Don't preach on this. Don't preach on sin. Don't preach on that. Uh, come on, we don't want to offend anyone, amen. Well, I offend you. if I offend you, I make no apologies. I'm here to preach the truth, guys. Because it's only the truth that will set you free. I'm not going to massage you in your sin. I'm going to tell you that's sin. I'm not going to say it's all right. No. God knows your heart. I know he knows your heart. It's wicked. You need to change it. Come on, guys. The, the days are We've got to get desperate. Not only concerned for the souls that are out there, desperate for our own salvation. Am, am I living right? Come on, you can maybe go to other churches and you can fit right in and say, man, this is cool. I, I feel good. But are they preaching the truth? Because let me tell you, each time you come to service, each time, it should not be a, that we go to church. It shouldn't be like we're going to an event, amen, and it feels all good, and, and you're there, and you're excited, amen. The worship team's excited, man. They were laying smoke out. They were doing all kinds of things, man. They threw out candy to people. It was cool, amen. We took pictures with Santa, amen. The family's happy, but is your soul okay? 
Come on, uh, are you really living right? Are they really? Because each time there's a message be preached, you shouldn't just feel good. You should feel concerned. Yeah, that, that's me. God, I need to hit the altar today. God, I got to get right, God. Then if you're doing the right things, it's confirmation. You're going, oh, it's okay, son. You're doing good. But there should always be some kind of, I wonder if I'm doing that. It shouldn't just feel good. It should, it should feel good because you were in the presence of God and he disarmed you or took something off of you. And you walked out a little more freer. That's how you should walk out of church. That's how we should walk out like, man, God, that was good, man. He slapped me up a few times, man, but I feel good. Man, I, how many know that we need a slap every once in a while, amen? Hallelujah. Come on, it's like that. You ever seen that movie, Moonstruck, where he's like, snap out of it. He's freaking out and she just slaps him in the face. Sometimes, you know what, we need the Holy Ghost just to slap, get out of it. You know, thanks, sis, I needed that. The slapping, who wants to sign up for the slapping ministry? Look at it. I'll sign up for that. I'll slap people out of hell. More blessed than to give than to receive. I'll give them out. But sometimes that's what we need. Come on, that's why the altar's here. For, because you know what? People got slapped. People just got slapped, amen. That's why they're at the altar, amen. Uh, come on, I just got slapped. I got to get up there. It should not be embarrassment. It should not be anything else. But you know what? I want to get right. I, I need to get the altar. Thank you, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for telling. Thank you for your word. Thank you for putting me on the right track. That's what David said, God, search my heart, God. Here's a man of God whose, whose title is a man after God's own heart. This is a top guy. No one else has that title. And yet he's saying, God, search my heart. See if there's anything wicked inside of me, anything that's bad, and expose it and put me on the path of everlasting. God, is there anything? Yeah, I look okay. I feel good. But if there are things in there that I don't know about, show me. Come on, we got things inside of us that we don't even see, church, but other people see. So, God, I don't want others to see it. Show me what's in me that others won't see it. God, I want to get right. I want to live right. That doesn't mean that it, we become dorks. <laughs> dorks. Like we, we, we're, we're, we're human, guys. It doesn't mean that you got to talk, you know, thou shalt sayeth the Lord, brother, thou shalt not do that. <laughs> Just simply say, don't do that, bro. <laughs> I mean, we don't have to get all this, all this, this way. You, you, you understand what I'm saying? We think that because we've got to be so holy and righteous, amen, that it changes the, the content. It should change your character. Don't get me wrong. It should change some things inside of you, amen. But it doesn't come where you become superior over anybody else. I'm just like you. We're here trying to get our way to heaven. Right? I, I'm fighting along with you guys, amen. This is a fight, amen. I'm here, to, I'm here to lead you, amen, but I'm here to fight with you. I'm here fighting my own battles, amen. But you know what? It's a fight all the way to the end. Those that endure to the end will be saved. Saved from where? Hell. See, I want to be a great example. 
And we should all have that intention of, I want to be a great example for the kingdom of God. We have to do that if we're going to say, follow me as I follow Christ. Husband, father, mother, wife, believer, if you quit, what happens to your family? If you quit as a leader, teacher, ministry, lives are affected. It hurts and destroys life because people are looking at us. They may be talking about us, but let me tell you, people are looking at Christianity. They can blame all they want, but they're getting our attention. And we have to paint a right picture. And we have to be a person of love and concern and reach out to them despite of what they believe. They have a right, church. Listen to their story. No one has. So they get defensive. Come on, you can't just go up to a homosexual and say, you're going to burn in hell. What's your story? What happened? Let me tell you about someone that loves you despite of what the world says. And you start sharing the love of God to that person. Get to know that person. Understand why they're there. Something trapped them there. Something they, 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 there's something of a, a miscommunication of identity that happened to their lives. And we as Christians have to identify that but show love, not condemnation. Even Christ says, I came to the world to what? Save the world, not to condemn the world. Yet we're quick to send people to hell for their acts. Yes, people that live that way and die that way will go there. But don't send them like they're already there. We've got to share the love of God. That's how you're going to reach out to them. Tell them. If they open the door, once you get to build a relation, once they know you, you can start to tell them the gospel. You can start to tell them this place. You build a relationship, then you can warn them. Amen? We, we, we had, there has to be some kind of compassion inside of us, church. You know that Christ was more compassionate to the sinner and he was more harsh on the church? You don't see him sending people to hell. But to the church, that dude was whipping people, flipping tables, get right, boom, slapping. <laughs> right? That's the gospel I read. He was compassionate, but he was judging the church. Why? Because you know better. You're not living right. You're not doing what you need to do. So he brought rebuke to the church. He still loved us, though, right? There's still a love, but it was a different kind of love because we have to understand that we need that kind of love. As Christians, we need to make sure we're living right. He wants to make sure you're living right. Come on, somebody say amen. See, what I'm trying to say, church, I'm going to read you the Bible. I'm going to read God's word to you, and it's going to deal with all of us. It's going to deal with our emotions. It's going to deal with our character. I read God's word to you because I care about you. If I just came up here and just wowed you with love and prosperity and all this other stuff and saying it's okay, as long as you come, Jesus loves you, God understands you, and all that is true, church. But you know what? If I don't really preach the truth behind all that, I'm misleading you. And I don't want you to stand before God and say, well, pastor told me it was okay. 
he's still going to throw it back at you and says, it's your responsibility to check it out. So you can't just throw the blame on whoever it is. You got to make sure you're lined up. You got to know your word. So study yourself approved. Each one is, he's not speaking to just the leadership, speaking to the body of Christ, speaking to the church. Know your facts. Know the word of God. Because let me tell you, there's so many people out there preaching the word of God, and it sounds like the word of God, but if you really don't know the word of God, you'll believe that is truth because it's coming over a pulpit. And we think this is right here. This is legit. If someone's preaching it over the pulpit, it must be true. But there's a lot of falseness being preached today in the churches. And if you don't know the word of God, amen, those churches, they're not freaking the truth, will take you straight to that place. That, that, that leadership is responsible. The headship is responsible. And so the responsibility falls on you as well. You have to know the word. You've got to know if it's lined up, church. If these guys in the Bible were concerned about how then and wrote about it, I think we as a church must have to be some kind of concern about it as, as well. We can't just say, well, I don't believe in hell. It doesn't matter what you believe. If you believe it or not, people are going there. That's where people go that don't accept Jesus Christ. That's a fact. That is an absolute fact. If Christ is not in you, not living for Christ, that's where you're destined for. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 to 14, NIV says this. They enter through the narrow gate, for the wide is the gate and broad is the road that leads to destruction. And many entered through it, but small is the gate that is narrow and, the, and, the, and narrows the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. The Message Bible puts it like this. Don't look for shortcuts to God. The market is flooded with surefire, easygoing formulas for successful life that can, that can be practiced in your spare time. Don't fall for that stuff, even though crowds of people do it. The way of life to God is healthy, strong, and done with great force and energy that requires total attention. Jesus here has given us a picture. This is a highway to hell. It's real. It's a highway to hell. That, that road to hell is wide, and it leads to destruction. And Jesus is saying many of them, many people are on that road. How many know a few people on that road right now? Come on, he says many are on that road, amen. And Jesus talks about the road of life, that it's not an easy one. The road is small. The road is narrow. The road is hard. It's challenging, but only few people find it. Notice that, that, that Jesus uses two words here, many and few. Many, listen, many are going to hell and few are making it in. People are going to hell. A lot of people on that road is easy. Come on. It's easy. The road to hell is easy. There's not much work you need to do, church. 
I was on that road. I mean, it's, it's, it's easy to live that, that life. It's easy just to do what I want to do. It's easy to, to drink when I want to drink. It's easy to cuss somebody out when I wanted to cuss somebody out. It's easy to do all the wrong. I mean, it's, it's easy. Choosing this road is hard. Come on, somebody. It's narrow, I mean, there's, a, there's, there's, not, there's not much give on this road. You can't, now you can't do what you want to do. You, you can't say what you want to say on this road. It requires a total commitment. It requires your life, your whole being. God, I'm not sure I'm walking right path, God. I got I to gotta watch what steps I take, God. I got to watch what I'm going to say next. I, I got to watch what I'm going to do next, amen. I, it's not brown. It's not, it's not white. It's not, it's, it's, it's many on the other road. This road, you only show, you only, there's only a few people on it. People are going to hell. Doesn't it concern you? Have we, have we gave up on our families? Have we gave up on friends? I'm not going to tell nobody about church no more. Nobody wants to come no more. Forget them. They can go to. That's what you're saying. No more sharing the gospel. Everybody's just, you know, I'm just doing my part. I'm just going to church. I don't bother nobody. No one, I don't want nobody to bother me. I just want to come in, do my time, get my tithe, and leave. During the week, you don't tell nobody about Jesus. You don't invite nobody to church. You don't share your gospel. You're not telling anybody the gospel. You're not sharing the love of Christ to nobody. We're not even praying. We're not even reading. We're not, what are we doing, church? Praise Chapel, Las Vegas, PCLE is not going to save you. <laughs> if you think you can come to this church and say, I'm in, just because I'm one of his top guys, you know, it doesn't get you in. <laughs> Can't just, you can't just, you, you, let me tell you, you can't stand before Judgment Day with a t-shirt and say, this is where I go. PCLV, got to get me in. You know, all PCLV people go in. There was an old saying in our fellowship, amen. You know where liars go? Praise chapel. <laughs> it was, amen. We had a lot of learning to do. A bunch of gang members and. Gang fights and all kinds of stuff. When we started this church, man, they were, and we didn't know what to do. They didn't, they didn't know how to live the truth. They had to be discipled. Hope we're not saying that today. <laughs> Hope there's some change inside of us now. There has to be something different. There has to be an attraction to people that in the way you're living, the way you talk, the way you speak, it should attract people to you. There's something different. And I get people, why, why are you always calm? I have Jesus. Man, don't you worry. Man, I, you, you're not having a good day today. Thanks for reminding me. <laughs> but you know what? Jesus has my back, man. My, my concerns are not what I sell for that one day. God, God takes care of me. I, and when I do that, God blesses me. I don't have to worry about nothing. I just, I go to work, do my thing, man. If I have a good day, praise the Lord, amen. I call my wife and still want to go eat somewhere. Let's go. Yeah. <laughs> she always give me that answer. Yeah. <laughs> She's like, woo, we're blessed. God, 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 God has me. 
God's going to bless me if I'm doing what I need to do and I'm giving what I need to give and, and, I, and I, I'm simply uh, reading what I need to read and praying what I need to pray and doing everything I need to do. Bottom line is, guys, he's going to take care of me. He's going to take care of you. I don't need to worry. As long as I seek his kingdom and his righteousness, amen, he'll add everything unto me. As Christians, we should not worry. Not that we shouldn't be concerned. Not, not, not that we disregard something, but we should not let it overtake us. You got a bad report from the doctor? Okay, God, this is hurting. I don't know how to handle it, but thank God I got you to lead me through. Come on. I, come on, show yourself off once again. Do something in my life because I'm going to hold on and I will keep fighting. I'll keep telling people about you till I die. And if I'm on the sick bed, I'm going to reach out to the nurses coming in. I'm there. You know, Jesus, if I can lead one more to Christ, amen. That's, man, that, that's how I want to die. Just like Jesus said, right? Today you'll be in paradise. He was reaching out for the sinner. Dying for the world. How powerful is that? I want to do that. I want to be in a sick bed and telling somebody before I get the last breath. Bring in, bring, bring my son in before I go. If he's not, if he's not saving, I want to make sure, son, say, you better serve God. <laughs> oh, glory, hallelujah. Shouldn't concern us, church. Time and everything's in his hands. He's the author, perfecter of our faith. He's the beginning. He's the end. He's the alpha, the omega. You can't change nothing from that. What he says is final. Right? So just live for him. It's easier. That's easy. Just live for him. Just live for him. Do what you're supposed to do. Just live for him. Yes, it's narrow. Yes, it's hard because it deals with our what? Flesh. Deals with our flesh. Our flesh doesn't want to do that. Our flesh doesn't want to pray. Our flesh doesn't want to read the Bible. Our flesh doesn't want us to be nice. I don't want to be nice. It doesn't. Come on, right? Our flesh doesn't want. Our flesh is. But that's what you got to bring to submission. That's what you got to crucify. That's why the, the road is so narrow. But God, it leads to life, not to death or not to hell. I'd rather be on this narrow road and God work things inside of me. And then when you start to know God more and love him more, let me tell you, it changes you. Do we still deal with the flesh? Yes. But let me tell you, God helps you through it. The Holy Spirit's there to help you through. It feels good serving God. It feels good doing the right thing. It feels good not saying something back when you feel like saying this. I didn't say it. I held my tongue. And God blessed me anyway. You know, it feels good to do the right thing. You know, people are such in a rush, amen. You know what? I went to a stop sign, and, and we both hit the same time. I said, all right, go first. You know, as you go, you go first. I said, no, 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 you. And he went, and I felt good. And he was like, thank you. She so driving by, thank you. <laughs> it feels good. I was driving out of here through prayer. I, I just finished prayer. I drive out. I go here, and I, I'm going to this street, and, and someone's trying to cut in. And nobody's letting this person in, so I stop. And she's like, tripped out, like, whoa. No one ever does that no more. And she drives out and goes. I 
I mean, I walk into work, I open doors, someone's following behind me, I wait and I go, I say, go for it, you first. No one does that no more. No one's opening doors for nobody, nobody's doing it, unless they think, well, he, want, he must want something. You don't want nothing, girl, just go. <laughs> That's the Christ inside of us. We just do good things. I'm not expecting nothing. I don't want nothing. That's who I am. That's who Christ is. Come on, somebody. Are we telling those out there the gospel? Are we telling them about hell? Whether it's people in our neighborhood or on the job or in the marketplace, amen, in the schools. Because if we're not, you're actually telling them to go too. I wonder how many people have died since we've been in church. I'm wondering how many people died on that highway as we met for this hour on that wide road to hell. Because I'm here to let you know people die every day, every moment. Someone died. I wonder how many people died in the hospital bed as the machine was going and finally the last beep. Or someone just got into an accident right now. Come on, do we wonder and say, man, I wonder how many people died today and went to hell. See, death comes unexpected, comes unannounced. One moment you're here, the next moment you're gone. And so, do we care, church? Because hell, it's real. It's real, church. I'm going to close with this. How would you feel that you're on your way to judgment day? You died and you passed away. You're on this way. You're going down this hall to stand before the Lord. Because the saved and the unsaved will stand before God. But as you're going before the Lord, you're walking down an aisle of people. And as you're walking by, they're telling you, why didn't you tell me? It's an old co-worker of yours. It's an old family friend. It's your neighbor next door. Why didn't you tell me? As you're walking towards your judgment. Church, God saved us. And we're on the same road. The wide road. And God tells us, you know what, go tell the people about the road of life. This narrow road. Church, it's our responsibility to tell them about hell. Because I'm here to let you know it's real. I don't be, I don't be walking down that aisle and faces are looking at me. Come here and tell me. What's wrong with you? Faces that you know that God told you, tell them about me, and you did not. I mean, that'd be pretty sad, wouldn't it? Walking. Hiding, we got to tell that person. Church is our responsibility. That's what God came. He came to save the world. Right? For God so loved the world that he sent his son. And who believes in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. For God did not come into the world to, to condemn it but to save it. Let's not condemn people. We're here to 
save people. We're here to help people know who Jesus is. Amen? Let's all stand up.